Chris Lee and Blaine Gilmer of Southeastern 14 here to preview Kentucky's road trip to Athens, Georgia. Matchup of the unbeatens. Both these teams 5-0. and Should be a big one, Blaine. Absolutely. And if you are heading to Athens and you get a tailgate set up, Chris, sometimes you might need to sneak a little something into the stadium. You know, those those concession prices can get big. So you might need yes. to, you know, just like Ray Davis was eating for Kentucky this past Saturday, and then Georgia had their own fan base eating nervously because they were clinging on to dear life for a game. You need to eat some chomp, some protein, some venison, some turkey, some beef. You can get all that in the description down there. And then also, guys, if you like our content here that we produce so much of here at Southeastern 14, contact caroline.smith at southeastern14.com, and you can partner with us here, be an MVP of Southeastern 14. But, Chris, the MVP for Kentucky Saturday was Ray Davis. So I'm going to go ahead and pitch it to you and say, hey, let's talk about Kentucky's offense versus Georgia's defense first. Boy, boy, was he ever the MVP of that one. Uh, Ray Davis rushed for 280 yards, also caught a touchdown pass, was just an absolute beast in that game. Georgia's averaging 37 points a game. Uh, excuse me, Kentucky's averaging 37 points a game and 7.2 yards a snap, 6.9 per rushing play, 7.4 per passing play. Got some concerns about Kentucky's passing game. It just has not clicked all season like we thought. But Georgia giving up 4.7 yards a snap, um, 4.9 per rushing play, 4.6 per passing play. Uh, Kentucky also a little turnover prone here on offense, so that's a little something to watch. Yeah, I think uh, you're looking at a rush offense for Kentucky that it really started to hit its stride there uh, against Florida. Now, I will say, I think Florida – misfit a lot of stuff and ray davis took advantage of it uh, they continually florida kept continually going underneath the pulling wrapper but you got to give a a credit to kentucky for continuing to call the counter runs the gap scheme runs and the patience of ray davis is what i saw on a lot of those runs sometimes if he had just ran full speed into the you know backside of his blockers but he set that thing up on a couple of times and then showed off the speed to finish off those runs a huge day for him devin leary though has been a utter disappointment there is no yeah. other way to say it uh, he is he has not looked good. And then when he does make a throw that is on the money, it seems like, you know, Dane Key and the others are dropping these balls uh, for him. There's just a lack of of continuity and consistency in that passing game, something they'll need to figure out going into into Athens. But that offensive line played extremely well and Ray Davis played extremely well and they'll need to against a Georgia defense that admittedly is giving up a little bit more of the run this year. Auburn had some success on them, but I think part of that, Chris, is that Auburn had an element of quarterback run in there and some misdirection on things. So I think you'll need to see Liam Cohen get a little bit more creative than he did against Florida to run this ball uh, right at Georgia because even though Georgia is giving up a little bit more yardage on the ground, this year it's still a pretty pretty salty run defense so i'm excited to see this matchup of a very strong running game with kentucky versus a strong defense uh both historically and you know by the numbers this year for georgia yeah and i am too and, and one thing that was an issue for kentucky a year ago was sacks the cats only have given up four though and georgia's only got four so that's one place last year where georgia 
I think had the chance to give Kentucky trouble that that's not materialized as much this year. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Kentucky's defense has been pretty salty in its own right, giving up 4.6 yards a snap and 15.2 points a game. Georgia is averaging, giving up, uh, or scores, excuse me, Georgia averaging 38.6 points a game, 6.9 yards per play. And Kentucky forcing turnovers at nearly a 3% rate. That that defense has been very opportunistic all season. Kentucky giving up just 3.6 yards per rushing play and 5.2 per pass. Georgia's numbers there are 4.9 and 8.6. Again, that's adjusted for uh, sacks, which are counted as, as passing plays. But you got Deion Walker, you got Max Hairston, you got a lot of guys on that side of the ball for Kentucky who are just really showing up big week in and week out, the, the linebacker core that's been there a bit. But for Georgia, Carson Beck started to play better. I, I know the rushing attack is a little bit questionable, but it feels like Carson Beck is maybe starting to come into his own a little bit more. And, and boy, this is going to be a tough test, just as he had last week against an Auburn defense that also is pretty good. Yeah, plain and simple, Georgia would have two losses right now if it weren't for Carson Beck and and his, you know, kind of intestinal fortitude, how he's been going about uh, playing in the second half of ball games. He's got to start out a little bit faster, but he was 16 of 20 with over 200 yards passing in the second half against Auburn uh, and really was clutch on third downs. They completed, uh, they converted eight of 13 third down conversions, and that is just unbelievable uh, for quarterback play, especially your first start on the road. So Carson Beck has grown up a little bit. This offensive line continues to not be able to get a ton of movement when it comes to the running game in terms of just straight up running the ball. They've got to find ways. That's why Georgia throws so many screens and things like that to try to get extension of the run game. But on that other side, like you said, uh, whether it's, you know, the corners out there with Andrew Phillips and, and uh, Maxwell Harrison, or if, if it's J.J. Weaver, who seems like he's been there forever, coming off the edge, Deion Walker in the middle. You got Trevin Wallace playing great at linebacker. Trevin Wallace looked like an All-American uh, in that game against Florida. He was playing extremely, extremely well. So they are going to come in and be – I think the best defense that Georgia's seen to this point, although Auburn was has is playing very, very good defense with Eugene Asante and all those guys over there. But Kirby Smart said it in this in his postgame press conference. He said, Hey, you know, Brock Bowers is unbelievable, but we need other guys to start stepping up and making plays around him. I think you saw some of that a little bit with Rod Rod Thomas and Dominic Lovett, Lad McConkey coming back. Chris, Lad McConkey got was on a pitch count, but he played on critical downs, and he had three third-down conversions in that game himself. So you can see the trust that Carson Beck in key moments has in McConkey and Bowers, who can kind of step up and be that other piece that really, you know, provides uh, provides that that boost there for Georgia night game. Uh, I think the the environment is going to be absolutely nuts. Um, so we'll see if that helps out Georgia any just uh, just having a little extra adrenaline juice get getting to run the ball because Chris this uh, this Kentucky off this Kentucky defense they held Florida who runs the ball very well to 69 yards rushing in that in that game up there and that's impressive with a Billy Napier rush attack. Yeah, and, and look, Georgia has not been last year's Georgia, the year before is Georgia's offense. But what it does have is Brock Bowers. And and in that Auburn game late when Georgia needed to play, he took matters into his own hands, ran past or around or through three defensive backs, and and, and that was that basically. So um, 
you know, we talked about Ray Davis being a playmaker for Kentucky. Uh, this just in Brock Bowers can do the same thing. But all right, let's wrap it up here. Uh, a couple other things to consider. Discipline. Georgia only giving up 38 yards of penalties a game. Kentucky giving up 59 special teams. Kentucky's got one of the better units in the country. Uh, fifth in the country, according to SP+. Georgia just average at 62. And let's look at some other computers in, in addition to the line. I think Kentucky is a 14.5-point underdog in this one. Uh, depending on where you get it, it looks like yours is up to 15, over, under, around 48. That makes for a predicted final in the neighborhood of 31-17 Georgia. ESPN's FPI with the home field advantage has this as Georgia minus 17. SP Plus has this Georgia minus 12. Jeff Sagarin has this Georgia minus 15. So the computer's right around where the odds makers are. And boy, I think we got a premonition. I had a barking dog who was being very disruptive of the broadcast. That's why we have the mute button here. Uh, but I think Oreo's trying to tell us, take the Bulldogs in this one. I feel like Georgia's been in this spot before where they were kind of playing pedestrian football by Georgia standards. And then you get one of these games, you say, hey, the line seems a little bit too high, and then Georgia opens up a can on somebody. Kentucky, I think, is a really good team. But I think Georgia feels to me like a, a team destined to flip a switch that it's not yet. And if uh, an undefeated Kentucky team doesn't have Georgia's attention, not sure what it would take here, but I'll take the Bulldogs. Yeah, and here's the thing. If this game was in Lexington, I would take a long, hard look at, at uh, you know, picking the Cats here just because that's a tough place to play. Uh, you know, the, the excitement that is generated right now. Georgia does not get many night games, Chris, and this is going to be their first SEC night game uh, in a long, long time. I think over a couple years, the, the crowd in Athens is going to be absolutely juiced. Uh, I will be on hand to watch this game in person, and I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how these lines of scrimmage take on each other. One note that we didn't talk about with Kentucky offensively, they could potentially be getting even better on the offensive line this game as Kenneth Horsey didn't play, uh, but he was getting much closer to playing against Florida. I think you could see him make his debut uh, here with as much as this game is going to mean for Kentucky at, at left guard. So that would be huge. I am going to take Georgia. but And here's the simple thing. I think that as good as Ray Davis is, as good as Kentucky's offensive line is, and I want every Kentucky fan to hear this, I am Mr. Kentucky. I picked Kentucky. Chris can vouch for this. I picked them to go 10-2 and two this year. I think they're a great ball club, but I think styles make fights, and I do not think this bodes well for Kentucky to just say, okay, we're going to line up and try to run Ray, Ray Davis right at you because if there's one thing that you don't want to do is go into Athens, Georgia at home, and try to challenge them physically and run right at them. Uh, Auburn found success on the edges. I'm not sure that Kentucky will be able to find the same success. And I don't know that Devin Leary is going to handle that environment well on the road. I like Georgia to win. I don't like them to cover the 15. I think it'll be more of a 10-point game maybe, a 7-10-point game. But I like Georgia to win this one in Athens. We're picking every single SEC football game involving FBS teams this year. Best way to get those is hit that subscribe button, enable your notifications so you get all those. For Blaine Gilmer, I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again soon.